This is Andrew Lewis with Black Metal Strength Training, and we're going to do another kind of fireside uh, early morning, some coffee kind of talk. We're going to talk about abs or your abdominal muscles and kind of the misunderstanding that goes into what makes strong abs and how you make visible abs and how you get a, a sick six pack and how you look hot for summer season, beach season, baby. So we're gonna we're gonna go over that. Now, visible abs. When I say abs, I'm talking about the rectus abdominis, which is what people think of when they think of the six pack. The transverse abdominis, which are uh, deeper and more on the side, and the obliques, which of course are on the side of your abdomen. And these are all your abdominal muscles, but some people think of these more as core muscles, which is true because they are toward the center of your body, toward the middle of your body, and I think core is a fine name, but I'm just going to call them abs, but just so we don't misunderstand each other. I'm not just talking about six packs. But strong abs are the result of the same thing that every other muscle is gets strong by. If you stress it by making it contract, let it recover, and have it adapt, it will become stronger. As a result, of course, the stress has to increase as adaptation increases. So as your abs get stronger, they need more stress imposed on them. Abs are different from a lot of other muscles in that their normal anatomical function is not uh, joint extension or joint flexion. Um, most muscles are specifically, uh, they contract in order to move a joint, in order to change the angle of a joint. If you think about your uh, biceps, your biceps are only to make your elbow flex, to make your wrist get closer to your shoulder. And what happens in this process is that the biceps will get shorter under tension. They physically get shorter. Imagine a rope that is able to shrink and expand dynamically about or along its axis. Like a, like a telescoping uh, dust wand or a telescope perhaps maybe just a regular telescope it can get longer and shorter it can also stay the same length under tension when it gets shorter under tension that is called a concentric contraction when it gets longer under tension for example if you have if you put your wrist next to your face and then you move your wrist away from your shoulder away from your face that is getting longer under tension. That is called an eccentric contraction. And when it stays the same, for example, if you were to just hold your arm out or take a jug of milk and hold it straight out, it's not changing length under tension. It's staying the exact same. It's called isometric. This is important to understand because the abs primarily work in isometric contraction. For the most part, they do not actually control the relative positioning of the spine or the hips or obviously the knee, anything like that. And what you might be thinking is, 
right, but when I do a sit-up, my chest moves closer to my knees. If I keep my knees where they are, I put my feet under like a dumbbell or under a couch or something, and I, and I move my chest. My abs are getting a workout, and I'm moving my chest closer to my thighs. Um, this is true, but this is actually the result of your uh, hip flexors. So the muscles in your hips that change the angle of your torso relative to your uh, thighs, to your femurs. So a sit-up, if done with an isometric, uh, with isometric abs, or really just at all, is primarily a hip flexion exercise, not an ab exercise. If you make it an ab exercise, then really what you're just doing is crunches. And you could argue that crunches are an ab exercise, that they contract, they change the positioning of the spine segments, the vertebral segments, and that you get an ab workout. But again, the abs do not normally function in this manner. Uh, 200,000 years of evolution have not produced abs that are supposed to be used concentrically or eccentrically very much. They are primarily stabilizers. They stabilize the spine in normal anatomical position. They stabilize the torso. They protect uh, your stomach, they protect your guts. But primarily, they stabilize the torso and the spine. As a result, the best way that they adapt is by stressing them isometrically. So, what exercises do this? Well, planks, I think, obviously do. If you do a plank, you know, you, you uh, get on your hands and knees, or uh, you have your toes on the ground and your hands on the ground in a push-up position, and you just hold it. And what's happening is that your abs and your back muscles are preventing your spine from collapsing. If you uh, relax your abs, your crotch will go toward the ground and your spine will be out of normal anatomical position. Uh, I misspoke there. Your back doesn't, doesn't uh, really hold the normal anatomical position in a plank specifically. The abs do. So then you might say, well, then, you know, plank is a good, plank is a good, uh, good ab workout there. Um, yeah, to a degree, but the problem is the scalability. One, it doesn't really work anything else, maybe your shoulders a little bit, but not much. And what happens, as I mentioned earlier, when you get stronger is you have to stress the movement more, the stress the muscles more. And this means that you need to add some weight, you need to add some external load. Well, okay, we could do that. You know, we could put put a 10-pound plate on our back, have a friend do it. You know, if we were at the gym, we've got a buddy there. All right, so you get a little stronger, and you put maybe you put a 25 on your back. Maybe you put a 45 on your back. Maybe you put three 25s on your back, three 45s. You can tell pretty quickly that this is going to is going to become a problem because when you fail the plank and your abs are incapable of holding normal anatomical position and your crotch drops to the ground and your spine is now out of normal anatomical position, what's sitting on your spine? Well, 135 pounds of plates and you're going to run into some issues with that. So I would propose an exercise that also 
or in addition to making your abs stronger, are also going to make everything else stronger too. And if you've listened to enough of my podcasts, you know I'm going to recommend the squat, the press, the deadlift, and the bench press. Specifically, the squat and the press are excellent ab exercises. The most sore, most fatigued I've ever been in my abs is from heavy presses. This is because when you do the press as described in starting strength, basic barbell training, it is going to force your abs to keep your torso upright, to keep your torso, your spine from bending. And if you bend it, you're going to hurt you're going to hurt your spine. So you better make your abs do the work they're supposed to to protect your spine and your torso. And as a result, when you start at a low weight, maybe 45 pounds, maybe I've had people start on 15 pounds and get their press up to 65 pounds. I've had people start at 45 pounds, get their press up to 155 pounds. But you go bit by bit. This means that when you do this process, your abs are going to get very strong. But guess what else happens? Your shoulders get stronger, your hips get stronger, your knees get stronger, your knee muscles get stronger. Everything else gets stronger too. The same is true of the squat. A guy who has a 315 pound squat for a set of five is not going to have weak abs. Because if he did, his spine would collapse under the load of the squat of the bar while bending over to squat. But again, as you get stronger with the abs, you're going to get stronger in everything else too, in the hips and the knee muscles and the shoulders. Everything else gets stronger. Now, I know I've been talking about this for about 10 minutes and I haven't really mentioned anything, but what if I just want to look good? Well, that's you know, that's a that's a very that's a valid um, goal. You know, if you want to have a six-pack for beach season, sure, you know. Uh, but primarily, visible abs are going to come down to diet. You know, you, you have to, for a man, bare minimum, you've got to be under 15% body fat. If you want some abs, you're going to have to do it. And that's all done in the kitchen. It's all done in what you eat, what you put in your face, and uh, you know how much exercise outputs energy. It's just going to come down to body fat. And you've all seen this because you've all seen a 12-year-old with abs who has no other muscles. But I would definitely recommend, um, you know, if you want a six-pack, that, that's, again, that's totally fine. You know, that's up to you. But I would definitely recommend, sorry about that, I would definitely recommend getting uh, everything else strong as well because 99% of the time, you're not going to be walking around without a shirt on. You're going to be walking around with a shirt, a sweatshirt, a sweater, a jacket, again, maybe even just a T-shirt. And in a t-shirt, a guy with a 405 deadlift or even a 225 pound deadlift looks very different from a guy with a 95 pound deadlift because you can see his traps uh, near his neck. You can see his back shapes. He's got a bigger back. He's got bigger arms. And these things are all visible if you are trying to look good uh, visually. I don't know how you look good non-visually, auditorily, I guess. But... Uh, there it is. So, if you you know decide you want abs, you want some visible abs, get strong first, and then use the diet to get down to visible abs, because at the end of the day, a six pack on its own, it's not really great without 
big shoulders and big arms and a big back. But a guy with the whole package is going to look a lot better than the guy with just a six pack. And at the end of the day, you'll you know you'll be much happier uh, being able to squat more and deadlift more and press more. I'm not saying you need to, you know, squat 400, 500 pounds, but you know if you take your squat from 115 up to 275, you know you're going to be in a better place. You're going to be more useful. You're going to be healthier. You're going to be less likely to get injured. In addition to all this other stuff that you are not going to get from just doing planks and crunches. And as a final note. I have noticed that people who have existing back pain get much worse back pain from doing crunches, from doing sit-ups, from using the spine, in a, from using the abs, excuse me, in a way not uh, adapted by 200,000 years of evolution. So again, crunches, sit-ups, leg-ups, all this stuff is not conducive to chronic back pain reduction. So if you have any questions, definitely reach out to me. I'd be happy to take anything. And if you guys want me to talk about anything different, let me know. You know, I, I like that you guys are uh, out there listening, wherever you might be. Definitely appreciate your patronage. So thank you. And have a great day.